Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You're the first one in, last one out, and you do whatever it takes to succeed. Nonetheless, 25 million Americans have chosen the entrepreneurial life because it's equal parts demanding and fulfilling. Welcome to the People First, Then Profit podcast. Join hospitality veteran, photographer, and entrepreneur Don Mamoni each week as he hosts a candid, no-holds-barred conversation with successful business owners and entrepreneurs eager to share their professional secrets with you. Like his crazy Italian family does on Sunday nights, he's serving up a healthy portion of inspiration, motivation, and education, so I hope you're hungry. Now, here's your host, Don Mamoni. All right, everybody, welcome back to the People First, Then Profit podcast. Uh, I am joined today by industry veterans. And when I say industry, I mean sort of the birthplace of my career, and that's in hospitality and events. I met Stacy 20-ish years ago when I worked. You just at- aged me a little too much. I'm sorry, but that's <laughs> how it is. You don't look a day over high school, Stacy, and you know it. Uh, we met almost, I would say, probably about 20 years ago at the Beverly Hilton. She worked for Fox Home Entertainment, and I was the director of events at the Beverly Hilton. Uh, we were fast friends, great client. I really enjoyed working with her and her team. And we're here to talk about um, company culture, because since her days with Fox Home Entertainment, she has gone into business with the other talented and creative young lady that I'm here with, and that's Jessica. Jessica, welcome. She's waving uh, because we are also recording uh, on Zoom, so we have the audio and the video. Uh, you guys, it's so unbelievably amazing to have you here because I like to say that the hospitality industry, it's like the best boot camp ever for when people go on to other careers and you haven't even done that yet. You're literally still <laughs> in the throes of creating unbelievable events. So we're going to talk a little bit about all the things that you've known, all the things that you've learned, the culture that you've created at Jordana events. And uh, before I do that, I like to know, uh, I like to show the audience who we're talking to. So I'm going to read this beautiful bio. Is that all right with you guys? Great. Go for it. All right, here we go. Jordana is a full service promotions, experiential and event marketing firm handling all elements of entertainment, corporate events and promotional initiatives from concept to execution. They work with clients to create innovative, impactful programs that achieve a variety of objectives for various clients and goals, including enhanced brand awareness, increased downloads and sales, media placements and hits, social media traction, and more. Events are all types, sizes, and budgets, including multi-city promotional tours, media stunts, nonprofit galas and fundraisers, trade shows, talent appearances, press events, corporate events, and festivals. The team has a strong background in production, entertainment, corporate branding, and marketing. They work with a a wide variety of clients to bring the most cutting-edge, exciting, and creative ideas to life. Over their career, they have been both the client and the vendor, so they have a great understanding of all sides of the business and how to best work with and make clients happy. Guys, welcome again. And that last part, I mean, that was an amazingly written bio. That last part is what it's all about, is making clients happy, right? Absolutely. So um, I'm so impressed by it. We had a discovery call. I chatted with you again. Stacy and I go way back. Jessica, I'm just now getting to know you and love you. Uh, you've created a culture, which is important in any business, right? Is the teamwork and all those kind of wonderful things, but in your industry specifically, and in your market, more importantly. Okay. And for those of you that are listening that aren't part of the event and hospitality industry, event and hospitality is always a challenge. 
you have many stakeholders, many key performance indicators, lots of masters, lots of chiefs, not as many Indians as you would like, oftentimes on the client side. Take all that and put it in the Hollywood fishbowl, the, the LA, the major markets, New York, Miami. Those are the places that execution is the most critical. And you guys, do, that's your day. That's your normal day to day. Just walk in the walk. What's All that day, like? every day. <laughs> yeah. What's that like? I think it's fun. I, I love the challenge every day and I love the variety and what we get to do. You know, in our bio, you noted that we've both been the client and the, we've been on all sides of the business and being now on the vendor side of the business, I actually enjoy that the most. And a lot of people would disagree with me, but I think we both love that the most because of the variety of the different people we get to work with and the variety of the events we get to work on. So even though that day-to-day can be demanding and challenging, like it keeps it fun because we're always becoming a micro expert on a new topic. Um, like we did a boxing event a week ago. And so I knew nothing about boxing, but now I can tell you a plethora of information on boxing. Um, and so I think that that element of our job really um, is such a big pro that like the demands of the day to day, like don't matter in the same way. That's awesome. And Jessica, how about you based on your tenure and experience uh, being in the industry and the, the area, the environment that you're in, what's that like? I mean, I love it too. And like, we've done it for a very long time. And to, to reiterate Stacy's points, the change in subject matter from doing a sporting event then to doing a nonprofit then to doing a film premiere or a festival to be at Coachella, like just the variety in that and, and becoming the expert in maybe it's city driven, like location, like, okay, we're experts in Chicago and what's happening downtown in June. And then that event ends, we close that chapter, put it away and we move on to the next thing. So the change in subject matter. And then also same thing with the people, like we're in Chicago, we need 32 PAs. So we start networking and going to our rosters and going through our people and, you know, clients to change, subject matter changes, the staffing grows and ebbs and flows as we need it. And all of that's really fun, challenging and keeps it interesting. Man, it's like a pressure cooker. It's amazing. And, uh, it is, I mean, and again, uh, I, I just, it, it's so culture is so important. So you're, uh, what a great segue and what a great way to tee that up for me. Thank you, Jessica. So clearly you've created an unbelievable corporate culture with your company. And when we were doing discovery and, you know, Stacy, as I would expect from a planner, you sent me copious notes and thoughts and kind of what, how, like what the event, um, the, what the events you create, but the, the company that you are, what it embodies, the thing that stood out to me was, was first and foremost was relationships. And that's like in all things. And so talk to me about the tenants that are at the core of the culture that you've created. You go, Stacey. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, one thing that I think we both care so much about is the culture that we create, not only in the office um, or now home, but also on site at events. And we get told time and time again by clients first that you're so calm. Are you sure you have this handled? Why aren't you freaking out? And we always think that that's such a funny thing to say because we're like, well, this is what we do and we love it. So why would we be freaking out or why wouldn't we be calm? But I think sometimes that's not the case. And so um, that's like very uh, ingrained in just who we are as people, but also important to us as something that we uh, maintain for our clients and for ourselves. 
And then same thing with the team that we have built over the years and the team that's constantly evolving. We care a lot about a culture fit and people that are going to also um, kind of be a, a family. Um, you know, a lot of events, um, as you know, Don, like you are, like when you and I first worked together, like you talk to that person 17 times a day, all day, every day for three months. And then you're on site for a week straight with them. And then all of a sudden you don't talk to them again for six months, but it's like event summer camp where you spend all this time with these people. So it's important that you create an environment that, um, is like nourishing and that people want to be a part of and are motivated, um, to work hard in. Totally. I mean, you really nailed it. Like it's relationship forming. It's the camaraderie. Um, you know, the things that, that I took away too, from, from everything, looking at your branding, your marketing, the notes you sent me, it, there's so much pride in what you do and there's so much appreciation for what you're able to do. So those tenants, they, they, they're so strong. So when you think about that, uh, Jessica, that you're having that impact on me just as a podcast host, right? As I looked into your company, as I talked to Stacey, you know, relationships, humility or lack of ego, like, hey, we're here in service to our client, the pride, the appreciation that you create for your clients, for the team members, from partners that you're using in a city for a small period of time, right? You got all these testimonies, like, where does that come from? And why is that so important to you as a corporate culture? I think, you know, treating people well, as you know, this industry, like there's challenges and surprises pop up that you did not know were coming. And suddenly the client's like, oh, I didn't mention the 5,000 gift bags that we need to stuff for tomorrow morning. Like we're good to our team. We feed them well. We treat them well. We know about their families. We know when somebody has an illness and check in on them. We, you know, we're constantly taking care of our roster. And so when you're like, oh, I know you're supposed to be done at 10 tonight, but 2000 gift bags. We're starting now. We're going to order pizza and get some coffee and we're going to do this. And so we just have a team that will always show up. They understand we treat them well. And so they're going to be there for us. And then the same with vendors, like it was especially in LA, but I mean, not Stacy or I could call right now and say, don't know how we're paying. Don't know how it's happening. Here's an address. Please drop off 150 black folding chairs. And we have six different vendors that would do it unquestionably not even caring about where's the payment terms. You don't have anything signed with me. I mean, we've always treated people well. And so in turn, we're treated well and we're trustworthy and people will show up and they'll stick with us because sometimes there's just a challenge you didn't see coming and everyone's got it. And we're both the people who like, you know, okay, we're down there too, stuffing the gift bags. And, you know, I'm not going to dinner and letting the crew stuff the gift bags. Oh my gosh. So uh, you're going to walk the walk, right? You're going to show, you're not going to ask people to do anything that you don't do. So I know you know this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. And the audience knows it because they're here. This is the People First and Profit podcast. So you guys are like music to my ears, not only from a perspective is that's just the way to treat people, but yeah. in, in genuine earnest, uh, what I like to say when I'm working with clients and they're like, oh, you know, relationships, I know it's important, blah, blah, blah. And I try to teach them about cultivating those relationships. It's because if you have a struggle or a problem, a hurdle or an obstacle you need to get over, the best thing you could possibly have in your world is a person, people people will help you solve that. Right. And so if you're sitting there staring down the barrel of 2000 gift bags that need to be produced or chairs that you didn't know you needed that you now needed. I don't know if you remember this, Stacey, but I used to have a thing when I was the director of events at a hotel, I used to say the answer is yes. What was your question? <laughs> I don't know if you even remember me telling you this, but I like, it's one thing I specifically remember chatting with you about 
15, 20 years ago was that there's a lot of venues that you're like, hey, can I? And they say no before they even you even finish your sentence and just can I call them no venues? And you were always such a yes person. And that, that's kind of how we are with our clients. Mm-hmm. They're like, but can you? And we're like, of course, we'll figure it out. And um, it's so important, I think, to to be like a positive yes person and not an immediate no person. We even tell our clients all the time when we're looking at venues and they task us with finding a venue um, for a specific event. And, you know, we come back with 10 venue options. We'll say like, here's 10, but like, here's our top three, because these venues are going to be the best to work with. And that is so important in Mm -hmm. the success of an event. Um, And that, you know, trickles through all vendors and all um, aspects of the event. You want to work with like-minded people who are of the same, like, let's just get this done and make this a success. And that's a culture too, really, right? That culture of the positive life affirming. And it's funny because, you know, it seems, it seems cliched, right? The answer is yes. What's the question? Because you can't say yes to everything, but I had a really fun way of doing that. I'd be like, yes, hanging that banner with four inch screws into our drywall is an option, but it's not an option we can go with. So let's come up with another solution, right? So there's always a way to phrase it as an opportunity and not a a roadblock and not a, a hard stop. So the next thing then that, that I take away from the hospitality industry and from your company in general is that it's not always what you do, but how you do it. And I know we've touched on this a bit, but I wanted to put an exclamation point at the end of the sentence, right? At your company, you have made a uh, religion out of talking about how you do, because candidly, this is where I feel like differentiation happens in the marketplace. You, you make your competition irrelevant when you show people not necessarily what you do, but how you do it. And it looks something like this. Yeah, you guys can hire another event planning team. Sure, there's, you know, there's, there's lots of them out there and I'm sure they're going to work hard, but none of them are Stacy and Jessica, none of them. And then people start telling you, and, and I have some notes here that I made and I'd love to talk to you about like this idea of 360 perspective that you talked about, Stacy, having been on both sides and creating an immersive and attentive experience. And you talked about the calm and, and, and how you, you bring that sense of, let's, Hey, we got this to, to the team. So let's talk about that. <laughs> um, no, I, I do think that there's uh, and this is not a dig or a disrespect, but there's a lot of event people who started in uh, on in hospitality at a hotel and have done their whole career there or have, you know, been the client and done their whole career there. And that's amazing. And honestly, I might've done that if opportunities presented themselves differently, but the way that my opportunities throughout life have presented themselves. And I think Jessica would say the same thing. Like we've just like ended up having experience and all assets of the industry. And I just think that that has a given us that perspective of I know exactly what it's like to be the venue so when I'm talking to the venue and I'm asking them to put four inch screws into their drywall like I know exactly what my hurdles are going to be and what they're going to say and I understand how that side of it works and same thing uh, we've both been the client and so I know how I wanted to be treated how I wanted documents prepared how I you know and there's obviously nuances between clients, but like, I, I know exactly what their demands are going to be. And so I know how to meet them because I've been in that position. And then obviously now we've had our company for just over 12 years. And so we very, <laughs> we definitely know what it's like to be the vendor now. Um, but that also helps us in dealing with other vendors and making sure we treat them the way that we want to be treated. Um, and so I do think that that the fact that we've worked in all sides of the industry does give us a little bit of a leg up, um, in the way that we can bring an event together, um, 
Yeah. So it's, it's something that I talk about with clients. I, oftentimes when I'm coaching, they feel like they have to compartmentalize their life. And I love what you've touched upon a tenant that I share with them is you got to bring your whole self. Right. And that plays itself out for me in photography now. Right. And, and we did a lot of, of social uh, and milestone events for a very long period of time, a lot of weddings, a lot of other things like that. And now we're almost uh, 100% corporate and nonprofit, large conferences and things like that. So the first tenant that we talked about, right, with how you do what you do was when brides started complimenting us as much on the portfolio of photos we shared with them, which was our primary goal, right, is to provide them with a beautiful portfolio of photos. But then they also said like, oh my God, you guys were the calmest thing on our wedding day. You guys were so great to work with. You guys were such a pleasure to have around because we used to say, we're going to be around you more than you're going to be around each other. So make sure you like your photography team a lot, right? And then um, now in the corporate world, you know, you don't think I slip in fairly frequently when I'm working with a corporate event planner that I was a corporate director of events for hotels for 10 years. You don't think that there's a third eye and a shared brain that they're going to really like to have in their corporate event photographer, especially if it's a five-day conference, it's 12 to 14 hours a day, right? They yep. know that I'm going to anticipate needs and see what they see. So you're so smart to have acknowledged this 360 degree perspective and the fact that that creates value for your clients. Because if, if you're listening and you're in the audience right now and you've shifted careers, and you've done different things, remember that you don't have to compartmentalize that. What you used to do, mm -hmm. the education, the experience, the cultural background, whatever it is, that uniqueness should be brought forth, right? And, and should be presented. Uh, Jessica, let's talk a little bit about um, the, the immersive and attentive experience you create and the calm, right? Like you guys literally work in a pressure cooker at any moment. There's already 75 fires burning and just, you're like, okay, great. I've got 50 of them out. Great. Two more popped up, three more popped up. There's this thing. I got to go do that. How do you guys do it? Like, where's, how does that, where's that ability to do it that way come from? Um, well, I mean, Stacy and I working together the first time we magically just gelled. And that is a key element because it's hard to work with someone who, you know, they're on 10 when you're on three and you're going to get it done. You just come at it. And we, immediately we didn't know each other we got thrown on a project together and we're in the basement of a hotel working together for 10 days and just the fact that we both maintain that exact same you know like that phrase about a duck on a water like the feet underneath are going like this but the you know the duck <laughs> obviously on top of water we both had that and so then I think not only do we communicate that with our team and the staff we have on events but everyone's getting younger and younger and now we sometimes have clients that are like 26 and I'm like let me, let me help you do your job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause we've been, we've been at the studio. I was the, I was you when I was 25. So let me give you my insight and background. And I think that we're really helpful, especially to some of our clients who are kind of new at this and coming up in their careers. I love and that. It, you're serving them. Yeah. You're serving mm -hmm. them at the higher level. And it's right. so important to think about the fact that um, your experience, your knowledge allows them to do what they do and to do it better because you're not just anything. I have people do that to themselves and it's infuriating. I worked with a client that said a million times, I'm just a DJ. And I say, you say it one more time and I'm going to rump, I'm going to jump across this desk. And we, we figured out how to create a brand around the type of things you're talking about, the ability to, to see beyond that and to serve those people so much better. Uh, it makes me feel good to know there's people like you out there. We were on a call before this with a client and she's with an agency and a publicist and she was introducing us to her co-lead on a project. And she actually said to the girl, like, you're going to love working with them because we get to be publicists and they are going to produce the event. Like we don't, we're not producing the event. We're going to go do our jobs 
and we're going to let them do theirs and they're going to report back to us on how it's going. And I thought that was a huge compliment. She wasn't, she was just trying to explain to her counterpart, but yeah. to us like, yeah, oh, great. We're going to do our job and you're going to do your job and it's all going to be awesome. And the coolest thing about that, and you guys know this after 12 years, 12, a decade, right? That's a long time to do anything and to be truly successful at it, right? So you guys know this, but that type of compliment, that intrinsic belief in you, trust in you and knowledge about how you're going to do things breeds an emotional connection that produces like unyielding loyalty, right? I, I know you guys travel all the time. I'm, you know, checking in with Stacey. I'm like, hey, Stacey, how's life? Where are you? Where are you today? Where in the world <laughs> is Jordana events? Like, what are you guys doing? And you're in all kinds of different cities and all this stuff. And uh, that's because these people are like, okay, so let's see. We have to, you know, facilitate them doing their job in Atlanta this week and then New York next week and LA the week after that. But we know exactly what we're going to get and we get to work with people that we love and we know and we care about. You can't buy that kind of loyalty you have to nurture and culture that kind of loyalty, right? So I love that you guys are crushing it. All right, I have one more question and, and topic that I wanna really dig into. One of the critical aspects of being an entrepreneur is the importance of basically decisions, right? At any moment, in any given reality, you have a million different decisions you're making. And you've made decisions about how to treat your clients, how to treat your team, how to treat your partners, especially partners that are in different cities for shorter periods of time. I think that's super unique to a company like yours, right? That's sourcing basically team members, partners, employees, all these things in different cities. So it's like, I think a lot of people would treat them differently, right? And you clearly do not. So what do these decisions mean to you? The decisions around like treating everybody at that same level, like the boutique approach you have, like some people are like, get as many clients, jam them in, serve them as best we can. And then they don't worry about the churn rate. They're like, there'll be somebody else. You guys don't do any of that stuff. You listen to your clients and you work with them the way they want to be worked with. How and why? And let's start with Jessica this time. How and why? Um, again, the, I mean, we benefit from the relationship as well, right? It's not just the client. We tend to, you know, we treat our clients well. We're very upfront. We're very forthright and budgeting and all those kind of things. Or when there's a crisis, we don't, you know, bury it, hide it. We're always really honest and upfront. And so we're treated the way that we're treating them. So we, you know, this, the repeat in those kind of clients, you know, we've got a few that were like, Oh my God, they should go to client charm school because they're just so <laughs> lovely. But we, you know, we're treating our team. Well, we're treating our client. Well, in return, that tends to happen to us. The one-offs honestly do sometimes go away and the relationship doesn't, you know, stick because the, you know, it's just not that kind of chemistry. So I think having that chemistry, I mean, we're delighted when Chris calls because we love him and he's going to be great. The project's going to be great. And even if, you know, something terrible happens in the middle of the game, we can call him and go, this is what's happening. There's a snowstorm coming or what have you. And so just, you know, we get that reciprocal treatment and those are the ones that we want to call again and again. It's amazing. And, you know, let's just not forget audience members. We talk about this all the time, your brand, your marketing, your sales alignment, and the experiences you create for your client are all a beacon. Every single one of those things is a beacon that you put up to attract your ideal client. And you notice that I put a modifier in front of client, right? Ideal client. And you guys are attracting your ideal client. And when that, that client either doesn't book or um, works with you once and then realizes that unfortunately that they, they, it wasn't a great alignment and they don't come back. That's the other part of it is you're attracting your ideal client and you're repelling or filtering out the one that's not. And it's, I mean, we all have to admit that not every client is perfect for all of us. But when we do what we do from a perspective of what we do, how we do, um, who we do it for, and the fact that you've created this unbelievable culture, you're going to raise the 
the bar on the ideal client you're bringing in and you're going to increase their loyalty um, exponentially. So Stacy, how about it? How about the decision points? I mean, you guys are making a million decisions all day, both at the visionary level, as well as the tactical. Thanks for the reminder, Jessica, that you guys deal with uh, like mother nature, you know, Hey, we had, you know, a hundred people flying in for this thing and 80 of them have been diverted because of a snowstorm in Chicago and you got to read book. You got to, it's like, you guys have not only the event level stuff, but, but so much more. What's it like Stacy making those high level decisions and the tactical deployment? Like how does that work when you create your brand? I think luckily, um, just like Jessica said, we met as strangers and somehow luckily we 99% of the time will make the same decision. And so, you know, it, we're lucky that, you know, we each have our gut, but then we have this gut check of like, is this the right decision? And 99% of the time we're in agreement. And so that makes the decision-making process easy. Cause I'm like, okay, if I think this, and then this other really smart woman thinks this, then, okay, it's probably the right decision. And then, you know, that 1% of the time, we really have to dig into what the decision is when we disagree and determine like what the best course of action is. Um, but I think for the most part, when we're making a decision, you know, depending on what it is, and there's many of them, you know, we're factoring in like, how does this affect us? How does this affect our client? How does this affect the vendors and team and people involved and in just trying to make the best decisions that A, service the client, but then B, take care of the full circle of people involved. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of the time, like we're pretty aligned with the big important decisions. And so we are lucky in that sense. Um, I, I love it because you're literally, again, living the, the rally cry, the mantra that I've been like, I've been saying people first and profit since my hotel in San Diego. Um, I picked it up, I think right around that time. I don't even remember if I said it in Santa Barbara, that would have been circa like 2003. Right. And the reason I used to say that was because in hospitality, it's sort of second nature, but you still all have a bottom line. And so as you started to tell the stories, right? So we, there we are making a decision. How does it affect our team, the client, this and that? They're all people, right? Yep. It's, it's all the interests of those key, um, those key stakeholders and the fact that you want it to be a success for them. You want to eliminate pain points and increase uh, their experience. So uh, I want to congratulate you guys on creating um, an emotionally connected brand. Uh, you'll hear me say that a brand that is as sustainable as Jordana events, it's, it's the Maya Angelou effect. People will forget what you said or did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And you're clearly executing on a promise to make your clients and, and their guests and their talent and their, and their, and their, you're making them all have an emotional connection. And, and, uh, that's, that's exceptional. So guys in the audience, uh, I want to tell you that the best way to find, uh, Jordana events is at Jordana.com right? And then you have Team Jordana on Instagram and you have Jordana events on Facebook. So they're on all the presences there and they're, um, they're visually inspiring to follow as a creative artist and as a photographer and a member of the hospitality events industry. Not only is their culture something you can learn from, but so is their visual impact. Uh, I love checking out your guys' um, feed on Instagram because not only do I get to see visually inspiring things, but I'm like, I wonder where in the world they are today and who they're serving <laughs> this time. Uh, all right, guys, before I properly thank you, I wrap every uh, podcast up with a fun little lightning round. Are you ready? Ready. Stacy's <laughs> like ready. And Jessica's eyes lids just go up. It's fun. It's casual. And I'll address the question to each of you so that you can just have fun. I'll just ask a couple. Um, okay. It's almost summertime. Stacy, what's your favorite summertime activity or pastime? 
happy hour on the beach. Perfect. And Jessica, how about you? Well, we usually say the same thing. So you splitting us up just means I'm going to say it after her, but yeah, (laughs) toes in the sand. Okay. Toes in the sand on the beach. Okay. Well, this will be easy. This may be a little bit different, but, but an easy question. So favorite Southern California beach, Jessica. I live at Los Alamitos Bay in Long Beach. So that's where I grew up. It's my hometown. Oh, the LBC, you and Snoop Dogg. (laughs) I love it. Okay. How about you, Stacey? What's your favorite Southern California beach? I think I have to go back to my San Diego roots um, and say any, I guess maybe La Jolla. I'll go with La Jolla. La Jolla, bougie beach. You know, it's okay. I'm not, there's nothing I mean, wrong with if it. If I said Pacific beach, that would be like reminiscent of my college days. And I didn't want to put that vibe out on the podcast. So I like <laughs> quickly circumvented and went to La Jolla, but okay. San Diego beaches. <laughs> so San Diego beaches. Uh, if she's trying to do pinky out, it's La Jolla. If she's really at her core, it's Pacific beach. There's nothing wrong with Pacific <laughs> beach. I had some really, really great times in Pacific beach before I moved back up to LA. So, Same. <laughs> uh, okay. So like this one's a hard one. It's still the lightning round because I didn't prep you on this question, but favorite all-time event that, that your event company has ever executed. Okay. Jessica, you go first. What is Uh, it for the cosmopolitan hotel in Vegas when they had just opened? And I mean, it was beyond decadent and they were taking care of their high rollers. And so we got to entertain, decorate, and then entertain for their high rollers. And it ended with like a midnight concert of Bruno Mars or chili peppers or whatever there. Yeah, whatever the artist was that at that year. So a uh, quick anecdote. I'll just give you an extra minute to think about your favorite. Uh, my favorite anecdote about the Cosmopolitan Hotel is when I lived in Southern California, me and my friends would go once a year to Las Vegas. It was typically in the summertime and we'd go celebrate right after the Cosmopolitan opened. As you left McCarran Airport on the side of a building, they had a full building wrap and it was the most provocative, beautiful black and white photo. And it said Cosmopolitan Ho- Hotel, just the right amount of wrong. And I was like, I want to stay at that hotel for the rest of my life. I thought it was the most clever, just, it was such a wonderful message. And the way that they presented it, just as you were leaving the airport, I mean, marketing genius. All right, yeah. Stacy, what was yours? I, I have a, like a love for Comic-Con. <laughs> and so I would say like, <laughs> it's a year over year event, but I absolutely love everything that we get to build and create at Comic-Con. And I get so excited to spend that 10 days um, in that convention center, which is words I will never say outside of this one specific event. But yeah, I absolutely love um, what we get to build and create at Comic-Con every year. The people that attend Comic-Con are some of the most fun, kindest, neatest people. When I worked at um, the Hilton Mission Bay, and, and we obviously had a lot of overflow from Comic-Con. I got to meet John Favre, who I think is the most mm-hmm. brilliant, kindest person. And uh, when we would wrap our day, the meeting and events team would hustle down to San Diego, to um, downtown, and we would sit at the field out on the patio and we would drink Guinness and, and meet the people that were walking by in full regalia. We had, I mean, everything, Star Wars, Star <laughs> Trek, all, I mean, it, they were so cool, so fun, unabashedly and um, unapologetically them. I loved everything about it. It was so authentic. So that's a cool, yeah. that's a cool memory. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys, I can't thank you enough for spending 40 minutes with me today. Um, I am uh, truly appreciative of your time and your talent. I want to thank you guys for putting together a company and a brand that serves people with such faith and such integrity. Uh, I'm confident that you're going to get a little influx of people that are yeah. uh, out there looking at your stuff and feeling like, um, 
they're looking up to you. They're looking up at you and they're saying someday, somewhere. Um, so thank you guys for that. Any final words for our audience? <laughs> well, I just wanted to thank you for this opportunity because it's been amazing to sit here and just have this conversation. I think these are things that we live by every day um, in our business and our lives, but to get here, to get to sit here and talk about it, that's something that we really never do. And so this has been really fun and um, great to get to you know, pass a little, pass a little something forward and make some new friends and just chat with you about it. Oh, I appreciate you for paying it forward. Thank you. And Jessica, any last words? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. You bet. All right, guys. Uh, that's it for this week's episode of the People First and Profit podcast. We're going to have all the links in the show notes to the Instagram, to the Facebook, and to the website um, for Stacy and Jessica's uh, Jordana events. You definitely want to check them out. There'll also be a link there for um, my uh, People First and Profit group on Facebook uh, for a coaching discovery call. Um, my goal is to help you find the authentic you. Don't forget, unique starts with you. You got to find those things that make your competition irrelevant. So be sure to click on that and I'll be happy to help you through it. Have a tremendous week with that. We're going to have Adam Lamar take us out of here. Thanks for listening to the People First in Profit podcast. If you like this episode, and I'm pretty sure you did, subscribe, review, and share it with your friends, fans, and followers wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the show notes for additional information about this week's guest, as well as a list of all the links and resources we discussed. Be sure to visit peoplefirstinprofit.com for a ton of great content, free resources, and links to the People First in Profit community. All right, I'm Adam Wilmore, and on behalf of your host, Don Mamoni, we'll see you next week. Thank you.